such a joy. It's a privilege to be here with you tonight. I have really just loved getting to know Paula and Mary uh, over the last few months. And so there's a piece of me that feels like I know you <laughs> already. I feel at home here. So thank you for that. Um, I also just, I love this, the word renew, and what you're calling your event tonight, and I think it's monthly, uh, that word renew, friends, uh, it, that's a special word, and I know it's my first time here, but I can't help but think of David's prayer when he says in Psalm 5110, uh, uh, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Renew. And that word actually does, it, it means create as well. It's like a recreation. And I heard you speak to that, Paula, being recreated in these new ways. And Joe, eh, he kind of spoke to being recreated this year in some new ways. But to create something means to bring it into existence, doesn't it? And so that's the idea for tonight, is that we would be reestablished, we would be recreated in a new and improved manner. And if we listen to uh, David's prayer, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right what? A right spirit. That's kind of why we're here is to renew a right spirit. And I wasn't quite sure. I just, when I do Bible study, I ask a lot of questions, and I was like, okay, Lord, what does that mean, a right spirit? And so I do like to pull out the concordance and look at the Hebrew from time to time. That means steadfast. That means resolute. That means determined. And so David's really praying, I want to be all in with you, God. I want to be all in. And so, you know, it is, as Joe kind of talked about, it is the beginning of a new year, uh, and happy 2022, by the way. And we often resolve, right? We're often determined to be more steadfast in some way when the new year turns. And I think Joe kind of talked about it. We might look to be renewed in fitness. We might look to be renewed in the way we eat or in, he mentioned, relationship. We might need renewed in a marriage relationship or a parenting relationship. Um, we might need renewed financially. We all come here tonight with different needs, different ways that we need renewed. But I think we could all identify with the, the cry of David's heart. Oh God, renew a right spirit within me. Renew a right spirit within me. And I just want to point out, uh, maybe you've talked about renewed, uh, Paula and Mary, so I'm sorry if this is repeat, but renewed, this isn't, this isn't David's work. This isn't something that David can do on his own. No, this is God's work. Um, there is absolutely nothing David can do to renew himself. And so the, the next question is, how do we participate in God's renewing work? How do we participate in that work? And tonight, what I'd like to submit to you is that we rest. 
we rest. And that ought to, that ought to catch, grab our attention, right? We're all, I think, a little bit hungry for some rest. We rest in order to know and enjoy God. Uh, renewal does not happen by working harder, by striving harder. Renewal comes from this relationship with God, from knowing and enjoying Him uh, to the point where we can simply rest in Him. Now, most good speakers begin a really good talk with a really good story to kind of nab your attention. But tonight, I'd like to begin just a little bit different by uh, a little test. And we're going to test just how good we are at resting and knowing God. All right? Don't get, it's not a hard test. Don't get nervous. Uh, but you might, even as I say that, you might just give yourself a grade between 1 and 10. 10 being, I've got this nailed, Carmen. I know how to rest, and I could be up here teaching on it tonight. Uh, and so, you know, just maybe grade yourself. How good do you think you are at resting and knowing God? So we, I have a little two-minute timer, and we're actually just going to take two minutes to be quiet, to rest, be still, and know God, all right? Two minutes, and uh, I think that's all I have to say. I promise I will tell you when the time is up, and then we'll chat about it a little bit, okay? So on your mark, get set, rest.
Okay, friends. How did you do? Did two minutes feel long? Did it feel short? Uh, did that feel like really comfortable? Are you awake now? Um, yeah, did it leave you longing for a little bit more of that? Or did it feel a little bit stressful? You know, if two minutes of quiet felt long, you are not alone. In fact, if it felt like a little teensy bit stressful, you are in the majority. Uh, a few years ago, Microsoft did a study that confirmed that our attention span is now eight seconds long, which is shorter than a goldfish. Now, I don't know how they know the attention span of a goldfish, but that's beside the point. The point is, we are a distracted people. We are the opposite of steadfast and resolute people. Uh, some of us might have had the urge to reach for our cell phone <laughs> during quiet. And Microsoft asked this question. This was five years ago. They asked this question. When nothing is occupying my attention, the first thing I do is reach for my phone. Is that true for anybody here? 77% of people responded, yes. And that was five years ago. I don't think it's gotten any better, do you? I'd say that's up to about 90%. We are addicted to our phones, our tablets, our computers. We are overwhelmed by media, by noise, by busy schedules, uh, by deadlines. And I could just imagine, like, if we all just sort of heaped our phones and our tablets and our computers and our, our calendars and all those things that keep us busy up here on stage, like, I might be buried up here, you know? We're overwhelmed by all of these things. And on top of that, on top of overwhelming noise of media and schedules, we have overwhelming trials and brokenness, and even tragedies. We are what I call an overwhelmed people. And we have this overwhelming need to be still and to know God. Uh, I want to define overwhelmed. I just want to make sure that you can relate to this word overwhelmed like I can. Overwhelmed means this, completely overcome in mind or feeling. It means loaded or to be filled with an excessive amount of, any, of like anything. A lot of us are filled with an excessive amount of cookies, right? Um, especially after Christmas. But I've worked with women long enough to know that we are overflowing with excessive amounts of things like guilt and shame and worry and anxiety, uh, temptation, confusion, fear, disappointment. Synonyms to overwhelmed are these. See if you can relate to any of these. Beaten, afflicted, damaged, distressed, troubled, Upset, afraid, anxious, dismayed, crushed, disappointed, frustrated, weary, tired, wiped out. Do you relate to any of those? 
God began teaching me on this subject about 10 years ago. And like all of you, I've had plenty of times in life where I have felt overwhelmed. And even tonight, I come with my own, uh, you know, my own issues. But it was about 10 years ago when there were some really, really big stressors going on in my life. Uh, namely, my mom uh, was, was she, she died after a two-year battle with cancer. My dad wanted to remarry a few months later. Uh, I think Paula mentioned I have four kids. Uh, three of them were going into college. So I had four teenagers. Three are going into college. Do you hear the financial stress in there? Um, so that was enough, right? That was enough. And the thing that kind of tipped the scale over the edge is that my husband had a desire to move to China. I know, you weren't expecting that one. Um, there is so much more to that part of my story, but can we just suffice it to say that I was overwhelmed? Like, is there a word for super overwhelmed? I was overflowing with excessive amounts of worry and fear and doubt and so much more. Uh, my husband's company had flown us to Shanghai, China for what they call a look-see, meaning come and see and will you commit? And we committed and just two weeks later, my husband was on a plane to begin his new job in China. And one month later, my youngest daughter and I, we too were getting ready to board a plane to go to China. And ladies, I would, be, I would be utterly embarrassed for you to have seen me the night before leaving for China. Utterly embarrassed. Uh, that night is my picture for being overwhelmed. Uh, some of you know what it is to lay on the floor in the fetal position, weeping and lamenting and crying. I was crying my eyes out to God because, ladies, I was clinging to my three older children. And I was, I was just like, Lord, how can I? How can I leave my three kids here and go to the other side of the world? How can our family just be divided right in half? Three here and three completely on the other side of the world. So I remember very distinctly arriving to Shanghai, China. Uh, it was August 14th, 2011. Ladies, I was a mess. Uh, this was not for a vacation or a visit. This was to live there, and my life turned upside down. I had only had six weeks to pack, figure out where my youngest daughter was going to go to school in China, uh, get my three older kids ready to go off to college. I had put off a knee surgery, <laughs> took care of that, said goodbye to family and friends. And so I arrived exhausted, overwhelmingly exhausted to overwhelming foreignness. Uh, the sights, the sounds, the smells, the hubbub, it all felt wild and utterly foreign. Uh, without speaking or reading Mandarin, I heard only Babel and I saw only Babel. Everything, and I mean everything, was foreign. 
Uh, it was strange. The language, the money, the food, the gods, the government, uh, the grocery store. Like I remember seeing little old ladies hawkering in the grocery store, fish jumping out of the fish tanks and flopping on the floor. It was strange, okay? It was foreign. Um, even the eating utensils are different in China. So this was foreign territory, and I was overwhelmed. Um, I could tell you lots of stories. Another kind of obvious and overwhelming reality included this. I don't look Chinese. <laughs> Not the least bit. And while living in China, I sometimes would ask God, Lord, you knew I was going to live here. Couldn't you have designed me to fit in just a teensy bit? Um, you know, just, I, I just, that tiny, petite frame with long, dark, glossy hair and tiny feet. Ladies, if I wanted to try on shoes, they would show me the men's shoes, all right? So I bought scarves, lots of scarves. Uh, no matter where I went, I could not hide. I was the stranger. I did not fit in. No one needs to move to China to enter foreign territory or to be overwhelmed or to feel like a fish out of water. Whether cancer, job loss, uh, relationship problems, divorce, depression, addiction, hurting children, even this COVID pandemic or any of the other daily trials that we face or bump up against, the sounds and the smells and the sights, they can be strange and foreign. They can be frustrating and uncomfortable, sometimes lonely, painful, and overwhelming. Looking back, I can see clearly now, I can see clearly that God took me to China in order to renew me, in order to teach me to be still and to know that he is God. Uh, those first few weeks in China, I kept bumping up against, I like to call them God hugs. Sometimes I call them God winks. But I'm sure many of you know what I'm talking about. It feels like a, a direct message from God through his Holy Spirit directly to me. And everywhere I turned for those first, probably the first six weeks there, this was the message. This was the verse I kept bumping up against, Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And I was like, Lord, what do you mean? Be still. I'm pretty good at doing. Ladies, I have four kids. The youngest was born when the oldest was in kindergarten. I'm a multitasker. I'm a doer. You need cookies for your event, Mary. I will help you make cookies for your event. I'm sure many of you can relate to being a doer. So, Lord, what do you mean? Be still. And it wasn't until learning Psalm 46.10 in Mandarin when the light bulbs began to click. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you know Mandarin. <laughs> Friends, if I translate that back from Mandarin to English, here's how I would share it with you. You 
must rest, you must know that I am God. Do you hear that imperative verbs jump out? God's commanding, you must rest. You must know that I am God. So now God had my attention. <laughs> he really did. It's like he whacked me upside the head, and I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was weary. And I wanted to know everything that he had to say to me about his rest and about knowing him. So I began with the Bible. I began in Genesis, and I went all the way through to Revelation, seeking to understand what does God have to say about rest and about knowing him. And I've been on a mission ever since to inspire other women to do the same. When I teach Bible through the Simply Bible books, I use a method called inductive study. And you've got an example, I think, of it uh, with, with that, with that uh, Psalm 4610 on it. Friends, this is just a fancy and maybe an intimidating way to say, hey, let's read the Bible in such a way that we can know and enjoy God. Let's read it in such a way that we can connect with him, that we can relate to him, because that's the goal of good Bible study. Uh, we don't come to our Bibles just to gain some head knowledge, just to know about God and to know about his rest. No, we come to the Bible in order to know him and enjoy him, to connect with him, such that the knowledge goes from here to here and transforms our hearts here. Uh, I want us to personally experience, like personally and intimately experience, to savor. Uh, these are synonyms for enjoy, experience, and savor, and relish, and cherish God and his word. I don't want us to just simply always be answering other people's questions about the Bible. I, I want us to learn how to ask God our own questions. I'm sure everyone here has questions that you would like to ask God, and we can learn to do that through his word. Uh, as much as possible, the format of the Simply Bible Studies is such that it's intended to take my voice out of it so that we can talk to and listen to God through his spirit and through his word. Uh, in, in this way, we can grow with him, and we also grow with one another as we do Bible study together. So this format, which you have that example in front of you, is intended to help us slow down. I had a professor, I mean, every single time we had class, he would say that about God's word, slow down, slow down, slow down. And it's just ingrained in my head now. Thank you, Dr. Knapp. Uh, but we slow down to observe and to notice things that a lot of times we just plow right past it. You know what I mean? We're in a hurry. We're in a busy. We're going to get our Bible reading done. So uh, let's, let's take a look. And you've got that handout in front of you. I'm going to actually turn to Psalm 
46. Uh, normally, I don't take just one verse of the Bible to do a study. I'll usually take a passage, but for the sake of time tonight, we're going to talk about this, this particular verse. Uh, Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. And so when I begin study, I'll make some observations. You'll see that observation column. And I like to ask questions of God. So here's where I would ask my question that I was asking him. Lord, what do you mean, be still? What does that mean? And what is it to know you? Those were my two questions when I was in China. So let's start with the words, be still. Now, on that Simply Bible format, if there's a word that kind of pricks my attention, I'll write it over in that keyword column. I'll put it there, and I'll maybe define it. So I'm going to define that for us. We know that the Psalms were originally written in Hebrew. Um, probably, I don't know if there's any Hebrew scholars in here. I am not. I use a concordance or a Bible dictionary. But in Hebrew, be still is actually just one word. And you know what it is? Somebody said it, I think. Stop. Stop. Hush. Cease. Release. Rest. Let go. It's as if God is saying, yes, I see that you're going through some overwhelming circumstances. But you must stop. You must release. You must rest. You must stop your runaway mind. Stop your runaway fears. Release them to me. Give them to me. And rest. You must rest. Uh, Jesus reinforced that message, didn't he? He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. Rest. You must rest. And you must know. All right, so to know is pretty much similar to what we think of, of knowing. It's to be cognizant, to be aware of some specific information. It's to possess knowledge about something or someone. And what does God say to know? Be still and know that I am God. All right, and God here is Elohim. This is, this is the Israelite God. He's the one who created the heavens and the earth. And Donna spoke so beautifully to how good he is and how great he is. He is so all-powerful, so almighty, that when he speaks, something is so. When he said, let there be light, there was light. <laughs> and we are to know him. We are to know him. And the amazing thing, I think this is amazing, is that he wants to be known by us. He wants and longs to be known by us. This Hebrew word, to know, ladies, it points to a very intimate knowing, a very intimate and experiential knowing. This word to know is used all throughout the Old Testament for a husband and wife having sexual relations with one another. Like that is an experiential and intimate knowing, right? So what is God saying to us? How do we understand, be still, and know that I am God? It's as if he's saying, experience me. 
enjoy me as your God. Yes, I am God over the heavens and the earth, but I am also yours. I am also yours. So the question is, how do we, how do we know him? How do we experience him? Friends, he's given us such a gift with this, with his word. We can know him and enjoy him through his word. Uh, if you want to know God and enjoy him and experience him, to savor him, to connect with him, I invite you to study this with me. Uh, it's true. Most people feel overwhelmed by the Bible. <laughs> uh, most people do. We try a lot of different methods to read the Bible, right? We try reading through it in a year. And what usually happens, at least for me, is I just end up checking the box. I'll read through it as fast as I can, especially the genealogy passages, um, and check, I did my Bible reading for the day. Or when I was younger, like I was really good at doing this. Oh, Lord, just would you give me a word today? And just letting my Bible fall open. Yeah, I know, some of you have done that too. What, do, what, have, I do, what have I done when I do that? I'm making the Bible all about me and about my needs versus, friends, this is about God. This is about who he is. He wants us to know him and enjoy him. So uh, I, I, I don't want us to be overwhelmed or be intimidated by this. You know, God wouldn't say, you must know me and then make understanding this or reading this too difficult for us. Bible study is not rocket science. We just need the tools, and we need a little practice utilizing those tools. Um, some of you might be sitting there thinking, okay, yeah, Carmen, that, that sounds good. Like being still and knowing God, that sounds good. But I really am busy. My life is busy. My life is chaos. Uh, and so how can I? Can I be still and know God when I'm busy, when my life is absolute chaos? And I just want to remind us that God calls us. Remember, he actually commands us. He, he gave those imperative verbs to say, you must rest. You must know that I am God. And you must do it in the, midst, in the midst of doing, in the midst of feeling overwhelmed. And so I want to show you two things about Psalm 4610. Uh, it's a cross-reference and the context of this verse. And I think it shows us that, yes, we can know God in the midst of doing, in the midst of chaos. So the first piece is a cross-reference. I love cross-references. Uh, those are those little superscripts in our Bible. We need reading glasses, or at least I do, to read them. But cross-references always point us to another scripture to help us better understand the one that we're trying to understand or the one that we're reading. So the cross-reference for Psalm 4610 is this. It's Exodus 1413. And if you want to, you can jot that down in the little uh, cross-reference box. You can, you can look at that later. But let me set this up for us. This is, we're back in the book of Exodus. 
And God has brought the Israelites out of Egypt. He literally has just set them free from slavery and captivity. And uh, he is bringing them out of Egypt. We can imagine this mass of Israelite refugees marching through the wilderness. And they come up against what? They come up against the Red Sea. And they look back. And what do they see? Here comes Pharaoh and his Egyptian army in hot pursuit. Uh, friends, they are, they're dead meat. They are, they are dead meat. Their backs are literally up against the sea. Can you imagine how their hearts sink to the pit of their stomach? And sometimes the Bible makes me laugh. In this chapter, uh, it says, this is Exodus 14, 10, and they feared greatly. <laughs> like, that's an understatement, isn't it? But here is, um, here's our cross-reference. This is Exodus 14, 13. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Do you see how that cross-reference helps us, you know, a little bit better understand Psalm 46.10? What's God saying to them? Be still and know that I am God. There's more to love about this passage. I love the next verse. Tells us that Moses, anybody else put Moses on a pedestal? Uh, the next verse tells us that Moses himself was afraid. We see the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. Uh, God's saying to Moses, look, Moses, be still and know that I am God. Stop crying. Stop being afraid. And then move forward. Lift up your staff. Friends, being still, I know this sounds uh, like, like such a contrast, but being still and knowing God goes hand in hand with going and doing. Being still and knowing God goes hand in hand with moving forward in the midst of chaos. That's the power of a cross-reference. I get kind of excited about that stuff. Now I want to show you the context of Psalm 4610, all right? Uh, it can be a little dangerous to just pull one verse out of the Bible. It's really easy to take one verse and twist it around to make it say whatever it is we want it to say. And so we need to understand that Psalm 4610 is part of an entire psalm, all right? And what I'd like to do is just read this psalm to you, and I want you to hear the trouble going on and just how noisy this psalm is. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. 
God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Right? Did you hear the noise? Do you hear the trouble? Here is trouble with a capital T. The earth is giving way. The mountains are falling into the heart of the sea. The waters are roaring and foaming. Uh, mountains tremble. Nations are raging. Kingdoms are tottering. And don't we all know that overwhelming, sinking feeling we get bad news, and it feels like the earth is giving way, and the mountains are falling into the heart of the sea. But friends, in the midst of the noise, God says, be still. Be still and know that I am God. God is saying, stop, hush, and know. Know what? Know that I am God. My favorite Bible study question is always this. If we don't have much time for study, my golden question is, what does this passage have to say about who God is? What does this passage have to say about who God is? And sometimes I'll just write it up the top of my study paper. And what do we learn about God from this psalm? Friends, we could be here the rest of the night talking about all the things the psalmist knows about who God is. But he points out that God is our refuge. God is our fortress. God is our ever-present help in trouble. And that God wants to be known. He says, be still and know me. Be still and know me. I don't know. I love it. Isn't it? Don't you think it's amazing how a scripture written thousands of years ago still applies to us today? Don't you think that applies to us today? Be still and know that I am God. Here's a little piece of scripture that can give us a nugget of truth, a nugget about God that we can just kind of tuck in the pocket of our heart and take with us for the rest of the day, maybe the rest of the week. When anxious and troubled, when overwhelmed, when it feels like the earth is giving way and the mountains are falling into the heart of the sea, we must know that God is God. In the mess, in the chaos, in the going and the doing, in overwhelming life circumstances, we must rest. God was teaching me this in China. We must rest, and we must know that he is God. Uh, I would, um, I, I always like to end just being very, very practical. What does this look like in my day-to-day -day life, Carmen? What does this look like? So just real quickly, I want to 
uh, take us to this probably a familiar story. <laughs> All right, Mary and Martha. This is Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now as they went on their way, this is Jesus with his disciples. Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him. She said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Who's being still and knowing God? Duh. That's Mary. Mary has chosen the good portion. She's chosen to do the one thing that matters, to rest and to know and enjoy Jesus. And Jesus delights in Mary. She seeks to listen to his teaching. Uh, she seeks to know him. Do you know how we do that today? We listen to Jesus' teaching when we open up the word that he's given us. That's how we practice what Mary was doing. Friends, who is overwhelmed? I know. It's Martha. It's Martha. But listen, Martha is a good woman. Uh, Jesus delights in Martha too, we know, because he's come into her home. And we know that Martha loves Jesus. She's been, she was the first one to invite him into her home. Martha is the one who gets things done. I can relate to Martha. Martha is the one who bakes the cookies for Jesus, right? I tend to think that Martha was getting things done in her own power. And what happens? She becomes overwhelmed. And we've all been there. I mean, can't you hear the pots clanging in the kitchen, the cupboard slamming, the closet door slamming? And all the while, she's getting more and more irritated. She's getting so irritated with her sister who's just sitting there. And she even gets irritated and mad at Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, don't you care? She accuses Jesus of not caring. And he turns to her and just says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Martha, Martha, you are overwhelmed. What did Martha need first? What did she need first? Seriously, how would the story read different if Martha would have taken just a little bit of time, just a nugget of time, to be still and know Jesus? How would the story read different if Martha would have gone in to Jesus and, and, and just been open and honest with him, and to know him and allow him to know her and say, Jesus, I am overwhelmed. I'm just flat out overwhelmed. I'm anxious. I'm getting frustrated. I'm troubled. You know it. You see right into my heart. What do you think Jesus would have done? Jesus loves Martha. He values her. Of course he would be willing to help Martha. And we don't know. Maybe the story ends that way anyway with Jesus and everyone helping Martha. We don't know the end of the story. 
I wonder if you can relate to Martha, overwhelmed. Friends, it's a privilege just to remind you that Jesus delights in you too. He loves you. He values you. He longs to renew us, to transform us here. How do we participate in his renewing work? We rest in him. And we learn to know him and enjoy him through his word. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, we praise you. We thank you so much for being our refuge, our fortress, our ever-present help in trouble. God, we thank you. You are this Lord God Almighty, and you see us, you hear us, you know us, and you want us to know you. You want us to enjoy you. Thank you, God. Thank you for being God with us. Lord, I pray over each and every one of us for this upcoming year. Lord, would you help us to learn to be still and to know that you are God. May we hunger and thirst for more of you, for more of your word and more of your rest. God, we are here to say we surrender, that we want to know you. We want to enjoy you. We want you to renew our hearts and make us steadfast resolute, one in heart and mind with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Aww. Okay. Wow, and that was so good, Carmen. Thank you so much for just giving us some insight into something a little bit deeper, just going into God's word a little deeper. As you were speaking, I was thinking about the verse that talks about draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And this type of study definitely does that. And we were blessed, as Paula had said, to take our groups for the first time and um, just um, experience it, just to see what it was going to be like. And I could talk a long time about what happened to my heart during this study, but we wanted to hear from a couple ladies. Uh, Rita Harris is in mine, and Angie Frankert is in Paula's. And um, they just want, I just would love to know just a little bit what you experienced when you went through the study with us. Sure. So... Walking into this Bible study, I've done a couple Bible studies with Paula, and they've all been great. Um, but for me, the Bible was a big book. It was really overwhelming. And this study just simplified it. It made it approachable. It made it relatable. Um, and it really just helped me understand what God was trying to do in me and what God was trying to get me to come to him for. So studying Ruth... Um, it was just, I was going through just some life changes, and it just really helped me relate to 
it really related to what I was going through. And it just helped me to slow down and take a minute and just hear what God was telling me. So it was just very simple, very approachable. Um, so I just love this. It just changed how I even study in my day-to-day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I agree. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, and so I'm very used to Bible studies. And um, this one was just different because it made me slow down. Um, if you have the sample thing that you passed out, that's a lot of boxes to fill out <laughs> over just like five or ten verses. And um, Ruth's an easy read, um, like in one sitting. And But to slow down and say, okay, this is all I'm going to look at today. And what does just this much have to say to me? And, and what, what do I learn about God in this? And, and the applications, I just kept, they just kept pouring in on me. And I'm going, oh, oh, that's me, God. I need to do this. And, and so I'm really looking forward to doing another one of these. Yeah, yeah, as are we. But thank you so much for joining us because we really just really didn't know what we were what we were going to do or how it was going to go but Carmen was so wonderful to kind of coach us mm -hmm. and, and one of the other girls in Port Clinton yeah. and uh, it was amazing I personally yeah. loved it it was so good that um, we want to offer it to you guys so we're going to kind of start small but um, both Mary and I are going to lead a simply bible study on the book of Mark um, and we're going to start February 15th which is a Tuesday. So I'm going to lead a Tuesday morning Bible study from 9.30 to 11 here at the chapel. Um, and then Mary's going to lead a Tuesday evening Bible study, 6 to 7.30 here at the chapel. So if you want to sign up for that, you can either see one of us and say, hey, I want to be in that study. Um, or you can actually use that number that we text for the chapel text in, 419-504-1777. I promise we'll have that on the screen next time. My husband was texting me that, like, we need this on the screen. Um, and we'll put that out there on Facebook as well. But text that number and text the word study. And then you can, you can fill out the link that it sends you and pull down a drop box that will say whether you want to be in the morning or the evening. We would love to go deeper with you. Our groups have loved it. We're keeping our other groups, but we're going to open up a Tuesday morning to just get our feet wet and see how this goes. Yeah. Carmen, the last thing I'll say is Carmen also has Bible studies online that you can go through. If you look at the back page of the sheets that you were given, there's a QR code I think that's how you say it. Yes. And you can scan that on your phone and actually sign up for one of her online Bible studies over Zoom. And um, if not, she's got more information. She's got lots of Simply Bible studies at the table that you can purchase. You can talk to her. Um, and we would love to go deeper in God's word. That's our deepest desire for the women of the chapel. Yeah. So thank you. And actually on the back of that paper too, you can, um, if you are interested in getting the book um, from Mark, there are a couple of them at, at the table in the back. Carmen does have a table, and her uh, assistant Denise is out there, and you can go and kind of look over her studies. But there's also a QR code where you can order the book of Mark as well if they, if they, you know, if you're interested and they run out. So um, I don't know how you end this night. Be still and know that I am God, right? <laughs> I loved that, and I definitely will go home and think about that, and hopefully... It kind of coincides with what uh, the series right now, exhausted, right? Mm -hmm. And we just need to rest mm -hmm. in the Lord. And that's what we are going to learn about, right? Yep. So we thank you, Father, and we praise you for just another 
wonderful evening of learning more about you. Lord, that is our heart's desire. As Paula said, um, she and I just share this um, love for your word and wanting women to go deeper into your word so that they can experience you. Lord, we are so grateful for Carmen and the wisdom that you've given to her and just the creativity and how she's been able to just um, create something to um, just make it just an easy on-ramp for women to just uh, not be overwhelmed with, with the Bible, but, but to just get their feet wet and, and just learn more about you so that you can do a transforming work in us. But we do need to draw near to you first, and then you will draw near to us. So we praise you, and we thank you for this evening. Bless um, just all the words that were spoken tonight. Let us go home and just hide them in our hearts and into our minds and think and pray and just um, just come through this in, in just transformed way. And we love you and we praise you and we give you the glory for every moment tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.